gone. Before my eyes, the world I knew swept from me in a tide of flame, never ending and twisting to the sky. The barrel of the gun is pressed to the back of my skull. I'm on my knees like a dog, bound to a large steel frame. It's part of a house that's built next to ours. I watch silently, my voice long gone from screaming. I squeeze my eyes shut. God. Make it stop. I knew the answer to my silent plea. Prayer was for children and fairy tales. We'd moved here to start a new life. The whole area had been part of a revamp project to help inner-city families. We'd moved into the first house built on a street called Hope. Hope. How ironic. The now glowing embers and faint silhouettes are all that stand of our sanctuary. I try to stop them, but my eyes wander to their faces. They hang from the porch, as if swinging from the gallows. My husband, for the first time, looks like a sleeping child. The half of his face that's left is serene. The other is a pulpy mass. They didn't waste time on him. I look to my son and gag, wanting to purge the image from my mind. The whites of his eyes shine through quieted flame, and like the walking dead, he floats, and his little face is frozen in anguish. He's still wearing what he wore to bed. His body is so terribly beaten that the color of his flesh is purple. I want to cry, but nothing comes out. There's a fluttering in my belly, almost as if my unborn son knows his fate. I wish I could offer some comfort. I hope that they will end us both soon. Laughter sounds, (laughs) silencing my thoughts. The barrel nudges me from behind, A gentle reminder of my position. There's slight movement to my right. Crunching gravel and the surrounding laughter ceases. You've been a bad girl, my dear, the voice calls. It's the kind of voice that creeps along your spine with all the eloquence of a black widow. Vertebrae by vertebrae it prods gently waiting for the right bit of flesh to sink its fangs into. From the shadows steps a man dressed in the finest suit I've ever seen. It's perfectly tailored for his body. He's tall and solid, the kind of man you'd avoid on the street. 
something in the way he holds himself. He doesn't need to look intimidating. He just is. Suits Fedora is placed just so that I can't get a decent look at him. I don't need to. I know who he is. Damon's right-hand man, Ty. I'll never call him this. It'd somehow make him human. He doesn't deserve that. To me, he's just suit. My eyes search the group as I memorize each of their faces. Finally, they stop on the suit. He sneers. <laughs> what? Nothing to say for yourself once, sweetheart? He pauses and looks around, chuckling with his filthy hyenas. Sauntering up, he steps behind me. I feel the gun being removed. There's a crunching sound before the heel of his foot is put in its place. Come on, there must be something, he quips, digging his foot into my skull. I stare at the ground, mute. He sighs, retracts his foot, and then brings it down hard on my head, a grunt of satisfaction leaving his lips. I wait for the next one, but it doesn't come. He's pausing. For what? I don't know. I wait and begin to fidget. Surely there's more. Then I feel it. The binds fall to the ground that were holding me there. I jolt forward, but someone slams me back into place. A tunnel of black clouds my vision, but I fight hard and remain conscious. It's a small victory, at least. He grabs both my hands and ties them over my head. I swallow thickly. The worst is coming. His hands brush against mine and trail along my left arm down to my chest. Suit's hands hover just above my breast. Then he moves it over to my heart and presses against me firmly. For five long beats, he stays this way. Then the rocks scrape across the concrete as he shifts and stands over me. The world is suddenly ringing, jarring and cruel. His groans of pleasure sound as kick after paralyzing kick begins. My ribs sing in agony, and I feel my right eye swell, then finally close. One last kick and he stops, leaning down to my face. I can smell him. Smell the bourbon and rot through his shit-eating grin. I will never forget this smell. He reaches down into his pocket and pulls something out. There's a familiar flick, and I jerk feverishly, looking up. A lighter. But I'm not given time to panic. There's a sharp pain in the back of my head. It's the last I know before darkness creeps in. I wish in these last moments to join my family. I draw the breath of life and curse at the unwanted gift. Pristine black shoes invade my one good eye, sliding to a halt in front of me. In the distance, a wailing siren sounds over the gentle crackling of subdued flame. Were they my sirens? 
Had someone called? Tristan. I vow revenge in that moment for my husband, my family, offering to whatever deity can hear me my servitude. An instant passes. The faint flutter of wings resonates against the building. My eye strains and then focuses to the dark stretch of alley visible between Suit's legs. A lone raven lands and cocks his head to the side. It stares in my direction, then eyes the men. It's waiting. A single grating voice disturbs the hush, and I cringe at reality. (laughs) Come on. Where's my feisty little reporter that I so admire? No stories for me? Even though I know it won't help, I stay quiet. He shifts, then continues. Hmm. Maybe one about a particular company? Hmm. Vivian? My name slithers off his tongue as if he were seducing a lover and I retch in disgust. Leaning down, he caresses my cheek. I try twisting away, but he holds my face in place. You and me, we could have a little fun before you go. I've always had a thing for redheads. I growl, pulling furiously away from his grasp, but he holds my chin in place. I level my gaze at him. I'd rather swallow razor blades while cigarettes were put out in my eyes, I quip. Hmm. Well, suit yourself, love. He lets go, and with one hand, singles out a small patch of hair near my face. Reaching into his pocket, he pulls out a knife. When I try to squirm, he just laughs and cuts the strand from my face, nicking my brow. (laughs) He stands and parts the hair into two piles. One he pockets, and the other to my utmost disgust, places in his mouth. He lets out a low moan, savoring the strands as if they were a fine wine. Sick bastard. Suit finishes and leans down to dust off his shoes. Now, where were we, my dear? I feel the crushing weight of his foot as it bears down on my gut squeezing what little life is left of the child inside of me. I feel my baby's fluttering movements as he tries to escape the pressure. I snap and thrust my head forward into Suit's shin with as much force as I can. He curses and backs away, grabbing at his leg. Stop it! You have what you want. They're all dead! My desperation does nothing but inflate his anger and he delivers a swift blow to my nose. Blood leaks down into my screaming mouth. Who was I kidding? What wayward deity would heed my call? I prayed for a quick death. There was that hope again. I knew better. Damon's men took great pleasure in drawing out the kill. My husband was the only exception to the rule simply because in the right frame of mind, 
He would have killed these thugs in less than five minutes. Suit chuckles, dusting off his pants. His tone comes out dismissive. All right, Green. It's time the newbie earned his spot in the crew. Go on behind her. From behind, I hear shuffling, and someone slowly walks up to me. I hear Suit's frustration as he taps his foot. Kevin, what are you doing? Pull out the gun and place it on her head. We need to teach her a lesson. I can hardly manage to breathe as I wait. Yeah, sure, I know. Hesitation. I just, you know... Do do you have to beat her so much? Suit doesn't answer. The boy stutters. I, I mean, damn, man, she's already busted up real bad. Keeping my head low, I glance at Suit's shoes as he strolls over to Kevin. Tell you what, Green... Why don't you give me the gun, and I'll find a man that has a pair out here to do it for you. Kevin shifts again before I hear the gun being handed off. Look, I'm sorry, Ty. I got a soft spot for girls. That's all. I don't mean any disrespect. It's just, whoa. Whoa, okay, man. I'm, I'm leaving, all right? The quick shuffle of his boots sound as Kevin turns to leave. He gets midway across the parking lot before Suit puts three rounds in him. The deafening slump of his body signals the end of chivalry in the group. Any more concerns, gentlemen? When no one speaks, he hands the gun off to the nearest lackey and walks in front of me. Lackey, too, quickly shuffles and then presses the gun hard into my temple. There now, all cozy. He rubs his hands together. Interruptions, interruptions. Where was I? He claps. Ah, yes. The fact that you can't keep your nose out of company affairs. As if scolding a child, he tossles my hair. Well now, can't have that, can we, darling? Mr. Reese is a very busy man, I'm afraid, and can't make it to your execution. But don't worry. It will all be filmed for his enjoyment. His words sounded like he was explaining them to a business partner. No big deal we have murdered your entire family. Fuck this. You spineless piece of shit. You think you're going to get away with this? I'm sorry that all of you are going to get away with this? I spit blood at the ground wincing from the pain before continuing. What do you think will happen when a major news anchor doesn't show for her big reveal? It's one of the biggest accounting scandals the United States has known. All of those poor families tossed aside? They don't even know what NC Global has in store for them. And all of you? I pause, chuckling. Let them blow my brains out. All of you, just sit back, get richer, and watch your former employees die on the street from starvation. Yeah, I stuck my nose in. Right where it belonged. Arrogant prick. A sharp slap across my face sends me into fits of laughter. All sanity thrown to the wind by gashes. He slaps me again and again. The blood's flowing now, 
soaking the ground in front of me. I watch as it snakes around his black boots, untouched and blossoming to wings. At least a part of me can be free. The raven calls in the distance, maybe letting me know it's still there. Maybe it's come for the soul I've offered. Or maybe I've finally lost it. I smile through the long tangles of red matted to my face. My vision is sorely impaired. I can barely make him out. I look up to Suit's shadowed form and whisper my last words. Pray I don't make it out of this alive. The Suit stops, watching me from above. I revel in his brief insecurity. For once, he's speechless. But that's all fate allowed me. And to my dismay, his wheezing laughter sounds. <laughs> you think this is about money? Oh, little girl, it's more than that. You have quickened crunches of gravel interrupt us, followed by an alarmed voice. We got problems. Someone reported the fire and shots. We got five minutes, tops. Tick tock, the death clock tolls. Suit clicks his teeth. Too bad. I wanted to have a little more fun with this one. Leaning down, he presses his mouth close to my ear. How's that sweet little sister of yours doing? Lily, was it? My eyes widen in disbelief, and a gag is thrust into my mouth. God, no. Her life was just beginning. Lily was already halfway through her doctorates at Harvard. We had just celebrated her 18th birthday a few weeks ago. Lily was the only family I had. Standing, he turns and walks away. Time for naughty little girls to go to bed. My bravado gone, I scream. My vocal cords tearing until nothing comes out. Suit is gone. I don't know where. I desperately rip at my binds. My left shoulder cries in protest, but I pull harder, finally dislocating it. It can't end like this. Not like this. They had to pay. The barrel nestles in the back of my skull. I'd barter with any devil, spirit, or demon. The fate's willing. Even in death, I'd find a way. The resounding click cuts through my thoughts as the hammer is pulled back. Shit. Flurries of wings, the splintering of skull, and silence. Long moments pass and there is nothing. It feels like hours. I'm stuck between existence and not. Did he pull the trigger? Maybe this is what they talk about. The minutes of brain function before you slowly fade. I'm in the fade. My thoughts cease as I feel the presence creeping behind me. Slinking, calculated steps. I wince at the glow, and then look to see my body lying limp from the pole before me. Bits of gore and blood spray the sidewalk, fanning out in a perfect semicircle. 
Entranced, I stare, unable to tear my gaze from the beaten floor. I should feel something, but all my emotions feel hollow, except one. Hate. It fills me. What is it that you want? The entity calls. Feathers explode around my new body, tenderly embracing me. I welcome the intrusion, letting it seep in. I halt as I draw a breath. It is a curious effect because I feel nothing coming in or out. For the first time, breathing is optional. For a moment, I struggle to find my voice. Then it rings out with clarity. I demand retribution. Yes, indeed, it whispers. And I can help you. But first, a contract must be formed. Nothing is free in this world. Why would it be after death? I'm surprised at the wariness in my own voice. Do what you must. Laughter reverberates off the enclosed space like autumn leaves. Child. Do you know? what you're getting into. My chin rises stubbornly, though I quake in fear from its mighty presence. I don't care the cost. Give me the contract. In an instant, the twin beauties appear before my eyes. Their chrome is embellished with delicate, intricate designs. Desert eagles, 50 cal. One forged from obsidian, the other, silver. Ironic. Tristan always told me they weren't for girls. He was a retired war vet, so, naturally, had taught me how to shoot. A shame neither of us were prepared since we moved to our city home. Anger shoots full force as I think about what had been done to us. To our son. Of the life ruined inside of me. Yes, I would do anything it took to make this right, no matter the cost. Words appear on each weapon, snaking around the intricate carvings. Vengeance to the left on obsidian, and loyalty to the right on the silver. So here was my catch. Vengeance was what I wanted. Wanted bad. But loyalty made sense, since I would be in contract. More than likely, I'd have to serve this thing, whatever it was, for the rest of eternity. Or did it anticipate that I would think that and pick vengeance instead as the right choice? Decisions, decisions. Time was ticking. What do they both mean? Explain my choices, I say. Ah, clever girl. I will tell you. But for a price. I'm growing impatient with its games. But I need to know. What is the cost? When and if you are revived, no one will remember you. Not even your precious Lily. If you so much as talk with her, the contract is broken. 
And my vengeance is not given. I get it. Anything else? I become nervous as the being is quiet for a while. I try to turn, but something keeps me at bay. You are not allowed to see just yet. Here are the answers in which you seek. It replies. Upon choosing the left with vengeance in mind, there can only be death to the life you are tied. Never to see the light of day and dissipate your spirit will. Upon choosing the right with loyalty in mind, life will restore but to darkness you bind. Vengeance is a mystery left to stay. However, your soul will forever remain. What did it mean? I try to break it down. So if I choose vengeance, my soul goes away and I lose my life. But if I choose loyalty, then there's a chance that I may never get my vengeance. Images flash through my mind. My husband, Tristan, asking me to marry him. The joyous news of our child. Our first home. Then Scott's first steps. His sweet morning kisses. All of it gone in seconds. Precious seconds that now slip past me, and a choice that will change everything. Time is running out. Choose, or I choose for you. My gaze flits left to right, wavering between the two. I hover for several seconds by vengeance, before finally jerking my hand to the right and gripping loyalty. Now, place the barrel to your temple and pull the trigger. My hand shakes from the weight of the gun as I put it in place, taking all of my strength to put the finger on the trigger. Ten seconds. Twenty. Screw it. I close my eyes tight and squeeze the trigger, feeling the bullet scream through. Laughter erupts around me. Opening my eyes, I stare at stark, white walls. For a moment, I look around before realization sets in. This was it. A second chance. It is my time. My fate. And no one would take it from me again. Glancing down, I spot a neat pile of clothes and grin. On top is a folded piece of paper... Inside, I find a fine printed address, 105 West Main Street. I know that this will lead me to the path of finding Suit and his men. The life-telling machines beep an alarm as I rip the tubes from my arms and nose. Padding down the hall, I duck into the bathroom. The mirror is not a friendly place. I've lost quite a bit of weight, and my hair has grown long. I know I shouldn't, but I do anyway. I slowly pull up my shirt and look down. A small scar is visible. The scar where my little one was taken away. I have nothing. How could these bastards live with themselves? For God's sake, I was seven months pregnant. 
anger flows and I punch the glass in front of me? The answer was simple. I was nothing personal to any of them. Wiping the blood from my hand, I lose myself a little to the madness and laugh. There would be no remorse or pity for them. And I was making it personal. I quickly change and smooth back my hair. Feeling a little less like a cancer patient, I step out of the bathroom. A nurse passes, eyeing me suspiciously. I take a casual stride as she passes, and then slip from the nearest side exit. A blinding world awaits me, the sunlight shimmering down. Was it all a dream? As if in response, I feel weight in each of my pockets. Reaching my hand inside, they find the silky smooth metal of the guns. There's a street bike running ten feet away. I smile as I ride from the parking lot.